So if you have your Bible this morning, turn with me to the Gospel of John, chapter 1, and I want to show you from this passage, from the beginning of this chapter, just what it means that Jesus is the light. John chapter 1, we'll begin with verse 1. Bible says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. What in the world is he talking about here? What is the Word? Well, he tells us some, some facts about the Word. He says, in the beginning, in the beginning of time, the Word was already there. It begins, in the beginning was the Word. He also tells us that the Word, whatever the Word is, was with God. The word there for with, uh, the um, prefix there that means with, uh, also could be used to say face to face. The word was face to face with God, meaning that the word is distinct from God. And then it says that the word was God. And so whatever this word is, there in the beginning, already in the beginning, distinct from God, but he is God. Now let's look at the second verse. It says, he was with God in the beginning. Now that reminds us that the word, whoever this is, is in partnership with God. In partnership with God. Look at verse 3. All things were created through him, and apart from him, not one thing was created that has been created. And so the word is powerful and creative and active. So what is the word? Who is the word? Well, one of the things you learn very early in your vacation Bible school career, when someone in church asks a question, the answer is probably Jesus, right? And so the word here is Jesus. Now, in the next two verses, we're going to see how Jesus is the light of the world. Look at verse 4. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. It says that in him, in the word, in Jesus was life, and that life was the light of men. This is an important verse. So it begins by saying, in him was life. Jesus is the source of all life. Physical life, present life, eternal life. Jesus is the source of all life. So what does it mean that he's the source of life? Well, to understand what it means to be the source of life, we need to understand what it means to not have life. To understand life, we first have to understand death. Now, the Bible says that all who have sinned, all who have sinned are dead apart from Christ. I could give you a half dozen verses pretty easily. Ephesians 2.1 says, you were dead in your sins. Romans 6.23 says, the wages, the consequence of sin is death. If we've ever sinned, if you've ever sinned, then we have death. 
And death means we are separated from Christ. We are separated from God. He is the source of life, and that life is the light of men. But we, according to Scripture, because of our sins, we are separated from that life, and we are dead. Now, there's some important things to know about death. And this is common sense, but it it says something about our spiritual journey. If you're dead, you can't do anything, right? If you're dead, you can't fix anything. If you're dead, you can't change anything. If you're dead, you can't improve, you can't start over, and you can't try harder. So many people come to a church service like this and they And they're reminded of their sins, and they hear this message that because we are guilty of sin, we are spiritually dead. And their response, their very well-meaning response is, I'm going to fix that. I'm going to do better. I'm going to try harder. But a dead person can't do any of those things. The Bible says you are dead. We are dead in our sins apart from Christ. But there's good news here. In this verse, it says, in him was life, and that life was the light of men. See, if you're dead, you just need one thing. What is that? Life. If you're dead, you need life. And here he tells us that Jesus is life. Jesus is life. And when Jesus brings light It's like turning on the lights in a pitch black room. It is stark. It makes a change. It makes a difference. We are dead, but Jesus can give us life, and his life is like turning on a light. Now look at the next verse. Verse 5 says, that light shines in the darkness, and yet the darkness did not overcome it. Light beats darkness, right? And so if this room were dark, just filled with darkness, one little light, if we turned on just one little light, you would be able to see that light through all of that darkness, the light would defeat the darkness. You can't though have a room filled with light and shine a little darkness in it, if that were possible, and defeat the light. No, light always defeats darkness. So he says here, the darkness hasn't overcome the light. So as as the children learned this week, Jesus is the light, and the light is the life of men. But what exactly does that tell us? You you know, it's it's a picture of something. It's a metaphor. It's an analogy. And, and to really understand something, what we do, the way we process language uh, as humans, we compare it with something else. Uh, if I were to say, she is a night owl, what does that mean? Well, she stays up all night. If I said, she is as mean as a snake, <laughs> what does that mean? Uh, if I said, you were splitting hairs, uh, that he is as strong as an ox, You see, we're taking something that we know something about, an ox uh, or a snake, and we're comparing someone to that in order to better understand something about them. Here we learned, and the children learned this week, 
that Jesus is the light. So what is that teaching us? We know what light is. So when we say Jesus is the light, what does that teach us about Jesus? Well, let me give you four things very quickly. Number one, he penetrates the darkness. Jesus, as the light, penetrates the darkness. If we just look back at the verse we've most recently read, verse 5, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. Jesus lightens the room. Jesus brings light to our lives. Jesus exposes the dark places in our lives. Jesus shows us our sin. You know, that's why so many people are uncomfortable with church. I invite people to church, and oftentimes you can just see it on their face. They, they really don't want to have anything to do with church. And you wonder, what is the pushback? Well, uh, very clearly, the pushback is they don't want to be reminded of their sins. They don't want to be reminded of the dark areas in their lives. They don't, they don't want to fall under conviction and feel guilty because Jesus is the light. And when you're around Jesus' people and you, when you're in a Jesus church and a Jesus service with a Jesus sermon, then you're going to be reminded of your sins. Jesus is the light. The light penetrates the darkness the light exposes sin. I'll give you a couple other verses. Remind us of this. John 3, 19, Jesus says, the light has come into the world. He's talking of himself. The light has come into the world and people loved darkness rather than the light because they were evil. So this light, it penetrates the darkness. It exposes our sin. You ever been in a real dark room and then all of a sudden people turn on the lights and, and you squint and you close your eyes because it, it hurts a little bit because you're not prepared for the light? You're not, you're not accustomed to the light? Well, Jesus is the light of the world. It says in John 16, 8, when he comes, he will convict the world about their sin. Jesus exposes sin because Jesus is the light. Now, number two, we learn about Jesus. Because we know something about light, we learn something about Jesus when we say he is the light because he illuminates the way. He illuminates the way. Now, we stopped reading in verse 5 a moment ago, but I want to read the next two verses, 6 and 7. It says, John, and John is the, this is referring to John the Baptist, uh, John came as a witness to testify about the light. So John's there to testify about whom? Jesus. Jesus is the light. So it says, John came to testify about Jesus, the light, so that all might believe through him. Now, isn't that interesting? Jesus is the light, and you believe, you become a child of God through him, through the light. So not only does the light illuminate the dark areas of our lives, show us that we're sinners and that we need rescuing, but the light also, Jesus also, he illuminates the way for us to be adopted as children of God. Uh, I think about John chapter 12. 
Verse 46 says, I have come as light into the world so that everyone who believes in me would not remain in darkness. Jesus says, I am the light for this purpose that you wouldn't remain in darkness. See, Jesus doesn't just illuminate the sin. Jesus illuminates the way out, the way of escape. You know, we often use lighted signs uh, to, uh, to get us out of, out of trouble. Uh, many buildings will have exit signs that are, that are lit, and if all the lights go off, you, you can see which way to get out. Uh, we all know what a lighthouse is that shines a light so that the ships will know that danger approaches. Uh, we have emergency lights in this room and every uh, large room in our church where if all the power goes out, lights will come on. Uh, so we, we have lights to lead people to safety. You get the picture? Well, Jesus is the light that leads us to safety. Now, how does he do this? This, this is fascinating. Jesus, as a light, shines the way to God, and Jesus, as the light, is the way to God. Now, hear that again. It says both, the Bible teaches both, that Jesus, as the light, he shines the way to God. He points the way. If I had a flashlight and I pointed the way, Jesus is that. But Jesus also is the way to a right relationship with God. So think about it this way. A light fixture in the ceiling, Jesus is like that. And then an emergency sign with an arrow to get you out of a burning building, Jesus is like that. I want you to see these two functions. This is so important. So how is Jesus, Jesus as the light, how is he like the light on the ceiling? Well, in an otherwise dark room, the light will show you the room. It'll show you the danger in the room if there's some danger from which you need to escape. It, it shows you the truth of the situation. When you turn the lights on, you can see where the couch is so you don't stump your toe. The light reveals the situation. See, when Jesus lived his life and led his ministry, he was revealing the situation. He showed us what it meant to live a perfect life. He showed us what it meant to be obedient in everything. He showed us what it meant to be faithful all times. Jesus showed us the truth. This is the truth. And he showed us both in the way he lived and in the things he taught, this is the truth. And so Jesus is the light on the ceiling in that he shows us the truth, that we are, we are sinful and separated from God. But Jesus is also the emergency exit sign that leads us to safety. So if a if a building is on fire, you just look for the, filled with smoke, it's dark, and the lights have gone out. You look for those exit signs. They'll light up, they'll have an arrow on them, and that becomes your way of escape. So Jesus not only shines the light so we see the truth of who we are and our separation from the Father, but Jesus is the light that says, follow me, follow me. Jesus goes ahead of us 
He goes ahead of us. And Jesus, going ahead of us, lived a perfect life for us. And Jesus, going ahead of us, died for us on the cross. And Jesus, going ahead of us, defeated death and was, and, and was resurrected from the grave. You see, Jesus becomes the way of salvation. The light reveals, but the light also guides us. So how can our lives be rescued by the life of Christ? Well, we need to see the danger. We need to let him be the light on the ceiling. We need to see that we're dead in our sins apart from Christ. And there's no hope because a dead man can't do anything. He just needs life. We see the danger and then we follow the way. Jesus has already blazed the trail. Jesus has already done the work, but we follow the way. We trust what Jesus has done for us on the cross. We trust the life that he lived for us and the death that he died for us to pay the penalty. The death that we owe has been paid by Christ. We let him lead the way. We trust in him. We surrender to him. We follow him. Jesus is the light that shows us the truth, and Jesus is the light that is the truth. Now, two other things, just very quickly. Uh, Jesus reflects off clean mirrors. And I don't have time to talk through this, but the light of Christ, the peace of God, the wisdom of God, the forgiveness, the joy, the light of Christ, this is amazing. It will reflect off our lives as if we were mirrors into the lives of those around us. Jesus is the light that can make an impact on those around us if we are the clean mirrors, if we are following Christ. And then number four, because he is the light, he safeguards our paths the light of Christ continues to guide our paths, guide our hearts, illuminate us with wisdom, help us to walk the path that he would have us, that he would have us walk. You know, all this begins with what the children learned this week, the light of Christ. Jesus is the light of Christ. We must embrace Jesus as the light. And so I'm going to ask you this morning, are you doing that? For you and your household, have you, have you trusted in Jesus and are you following the light? You know, one of my favorite verses today uh, is Acts 16, 34. Uh, it, it's a description of something that happened with a man who, was, uh, who didn't know Christ, but something happened in his life and he, he was given the gospel, the good news of how he could be right with God. And listen to how this verse describes the situation. It says, he, referring to this man, he rejoiced because he had come to believe in God, he and his entire household. There's no more beautiful thing than to see a whole family decide to follow Christ, to embrace that he is the light. So how could you do that this morning? How could you and your family 
take those steps. Take those first steps. Embrace Jesus as the light of the world. Well, have to trust that Jesus is the light. You have to trust that he has gone before you, that he lived a sinless life, though we were sinful, that he died, though we were guilty. He beat death, though that is our enemy. You have to trust what Jesus has done, and then you have to follow the light. Surrender to him and follow the light. I would encourage you this morning to respond to that message. That's, that's all that VBS is about, us sharing the gospel with families. So here's how you could respond. If you would like for somebody to help you trust Christ, it can happen today, and you can let us know in three ways. When we stand and sing in both of our services, there are going to be ministers down front, and you can just step down here and just take a minister by the hand and say, help me follow the light. We'll help you do that. We would be glad to help you do that. Another thing you could do is there are some, uh, there is a perforated card in your worship guide. All you got to do is write your name and cell phone number and write Jesus on there. And you hand it to a minister or to anybody in one of these blue uh, VBS shirts before you leave and somebody will reach out to you this next week to help you follow the light. And then one last thing you could do, just text FBCNAC, all one word, to 94,000 and it'll walk you, walk you through it from there and we will reach out to you. Now I know when I share the gospel like this that there are always people that want to respond, but they don't. There are always people that feel like this is too hard or too scary or they don't know enough or now is not the right time. So I want to tell you about an experience I had. Uh, maybe you've seen this as well. It was a few years ago, and I don't remember where I was. I think I was in the state of California, but I was staying in a hotel and I'd never seen this before, never noticed it before. Uh, but as I was walking down the hallway to my room, I noticed that there were exit signs. But the exit signs weren't at the top. They were at the bottom. They were right at the bottom, like foot level, ankle level, all the exit signs. And I thought, you know, is this... Um, was their electrician just a real short man? I, I didn't know. I thought that's the, that's the most unusual place to put an exit sign. But then I got to thinking why they did that. And they did it because if the building is on fire and is filled with smoke and it's desperate, and all you can do is lay down on your belly and crawl, they had the sign that would get you to safety. Even if all you could do was the army crawl on your belly in the smoke, you just had to follow the lighted arrows. Jesus is not looking for clear-eyed, strong, confident people. 
to make a decision for him. Most of those people need some humility before they can follow Christ. Jesus is looking for the man or the woman, the mom or the dad, crawling on the floor in the midst of the burning house, searching for safety. And for you, Jesus is the light. For you, Jesus will lead you to safety, to rescue, to peace, to eternal life. Just bow your head and close your eyes for a moment. I'm going to pray, and after I pray in both services, we'll stand and sing. I invite you to come, invite you to respond. Father in heaven, thank you that Jesus is the light. Thank you that Jesus, as the light, shows me the truth about me and about you. Thank you that Jesus, as the light, is the way, the way to come to you. Thank you that Jesus has gone ahead of me as the light. Thank you that Jesus is pointing the way even for those who are just belly crawling on the floor, desperate, desperate for a safe place. Lead us now to respond to your grace, your love, and your mercy. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. In both services, let's stand, let's sing, you respond.